From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back to Sky Dragon Slaying with me, John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific. With me is Canadian astrophysicist uh, Joe Posma. And joining us uh, is Dr. Michelle Perrault, a powerful advocate of food as medicine. She's a veteran pediatrician with four decades of experience in acute and integrative medicine. Um, it's a compelling and increasingly popular um, line of scientific inquiry because people are realizing that uh, nutrition is the key to health. Um, and uh, the good thing about uh, Michelle's work is that she, she's very passionate about practical solutions, especially helping children. And, uh, you know, one of the things we like to talk about on the show is, you know, the next generation and uh, what's to come. Um, so one of the things that Michelle is working on, uh, it's looking very upbeat for 2024. I'd like to think it's, uh, you know, the doom and gloom of 2023. Hopefully we can put behind us soon. Um, the Global Children's Environmental Health Bill of Rights. That's a wonderful thing to push forward. And uh, Dr. Perot is also working with South Sea University and conducting a five-week uh, online Zoom course on regeneration health coming up in March. Uh, Michelle, it's such a pleasure to have you back. How are you? John, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. And I don't get up this early for many people, but <laughs> TNT Radio and you, sir, here I am. Happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, it's such a pleasure because um, what you, the work you do is very important because essentially you're trying to encourage us to take back control of our health, take back control of what we do and uh, wake people up to the idea that uh, the mainstream, you know, the usual narratives, they're not really um the bet the best for us are they that uh you you've qualified as a pediatrician and uh over the course of your long and uh you know very successful career you, you've got more and more aware of the benefits of uh kind of you know the, the basics you know good nutrition you know the, these are the, the the kind of cornerstones of a healthy life aren't they indeed john you, you're spot on I don't think I'm bringing forth anything that generations of people haven't known. Perhaps we have more science behind it. What all I'm trying to do is dig up the roots of what our parents, grandparents, or some of us great grandparents knew and resurrect that information and bring it to the forelight. I'm also trying to debunk the, um, the, the myth that better living through technology that because something is more technolo technological, it's actually better for our health. And those two are not true. So really clarifying, resurrecting, and debunking old myths, bringing it right to the dinner plate, and empowerment of parents and families. And for those without children, it could also be your cat, your parakeet, whatever you've got going on in your home, on how we live the most healthful, nutrient-dense life we can in a toxic environment. By the same token, activating our activism. I think we all need to be players um, in the movement, and I think we can do it very simply. We're not asking people to host radio shows. We're asking people to take charge. So what do you think we've been doing wrong all these years? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh where do we start? Quickly, um, because we don't have two weeks on the radio here, but what, what we've been doing wrong is we've allowed a narrative to exist that essentially started in 1910 with Rockefeller uh, instituting uh, uh, the Flexner Report with Abraham Flexner and basically eradicating natural 
holistic medicine from medical education. So for 110 some odd years, we've been following this, this narrative and it's wrong. And so our medical system is not a healthcare system, it's a sick care system based on pharmaceuticals. I don't believe there's an individual government. I think there's a pharmacracy with our government. They're all linked. So what we have to do is extract ourselves from the, the present you know, sick care system and create a vibrant I'm getting right into it, John. I'm not wasting time yeah, here. Yeah. No, no. Into a vibrant health system. Um, and I believe we need to exit the present system. I think it's so corrupted and unfixable, unfortunately, that we would be banging our heads against the wall to try to undo what they've done. I think there are many individuals who still want to use that system right on. They have theirs. And now for those of us who want a different narrative, need to build and create. And many, many folks are doing this. This is not new. But the, I think for those of us the past three years, we see the need are doing it and how we can exit. And that's what I'm working on, trying to teach people home tools to allow you to exit the present system until we get a new model really up and running. Well, on the point of home home tools there, I wonder if you had could have offered some help or advice for parents because I see more and more of this problem, this phenomenon of children dictating their diets to parents. And it's really the most disappointing thing. It really just sinks my heart. I mean, just as an anecdotal example, you know, I'll, I'll be serving, you know, beautiful garden grown mashed potatoes with, you know, organic meat, grass fed, you know, a beautiful dinner. And you have other family members or other guests come over and you have to separately make plain craft dinner for their little girl or little boy because, oh, it, it would be so much. They'll have a temper tantrum if you ask them to eat some some organic meat or some organic potatoes. Uh, have you witnessed this phenomena? It, it's just so strange. It's so disappointing. It, it just enrages me internally. Like, you know, it, it drives you crazy to see it. You must know what I mean. Do you have advice for parents? To, what, what are parents doing wrong with their children to, to get into that situation? This is, this is a great question, Joseph, and I'll tell you why it's such an important question that you're asking. Um, and I am addressing that. I'm working on a second book right now. I'm literally, on the other screen is the manual that I'm 90% done. And it's called uh, Making Our Children Well. First book, you know, why our kids are sick, now how to make them well. And there are two things I'm focusing on in this book, nutrition and homeopathy. Nutrition is the base and homeopathics when you need them to kind of shift health and deal with health issues. So we need, parents do not know how to do the nutrition now. What's happened with kids now is that they have brain dysregulation because their guts are all messed up. There's a gut brain axis, right? It's actually, that's simple a simplified understanding of it. There's the gut-brain microbiome access, and they're all in communication, the microbiome being in your gut. And that alters brain function. So many of these kids now have these tendencies because they have an abnormal microbiome. It's not actually their fault or the parents' fault that the kids are. They're almost um, OCD-like where they are inflexible. They can transition. They've been eating improper foods now. Mom ate them during pregnancy, GMOs, pesticides, PFAS, all the chemical toxicants, which alter the microbiome and hence their brain. And so many children, I can speak for American children, are nutrient deficient. They don't have enough of the nutrients to run their brain chemistry and it produces abnormal behaviors. So the poor parents with no tools have caved. And what they do is they give the kids their kids menu of chicken nuggets and God knows what else. 
and they put them on devices to shut them up. So all all across America, you see kids kids eating chicken nuggets, little rat pellets, on their on their parents' phones, and they all can do a phone by the time they're eighteen months old. It's amazing. Um, and so parents, what we have to do is reestablish the microbiome, fix their leaky guts, develop a secondary healthy brain, and we have to help them do that. And it can be done, but parents don't even know what's going on. Most people think that these behavioral issues are bad parenting in part, but so much of it is because of their nutrition and lack of nutrients, as well as high overload, toxic overload of chemical additives. And we can go into it if you want to or not, but we've got the perfect setup for the, you know, difficult child. But people yeah, just don't know just, about this, do they, John? Eh? They ju- people just no, don't no, have don't, this information, no. do they? It, it's not just ordinary people, uh, uh, Michelle. I, I, I'm also astonished when I speak to uh, medical graduates and I, I say to them, what uh, have you learned? What have you studied in your course uh, re- relevant to preventative you know, health, you know, you know, nutrition and so forth? And actually tell me that there's nothing, they learn nothing. In effect, they're pandering to farmer and learning how to write uh, scripts for prescriptions you know, you know for, for medicines it's uh pretty much they're, they're salesmen and for for, for big farmer it, it's kind of moved so far away from the the general concept of well-being hasn't it indeed and you know there is a, there are very few medical programs that are offering lifestyle medicine courses i was i'm familiarized with one program out of pennsylvania in the u.s um and that it's affiliated with rodale one of the first organic farms in the U.S. Um, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And so, but, you know, we're talking about a few, a handful of programs. And so that is why we need to create this um, a parallel system because that model is based on exactly right, writing the prescription, handing it out based on pill for ill. You've got a symptom, we give you a drug medicine. They don't include any nutritional guidance because that is counter um, acts their pharmaceutical um, drive for more prescriptions, putting us all on pharmaceuticals for the rest of our lives. And it's just a cash cow for industry. So they're never going to teach that as far as I'm concerned, or I got two hours of nutrition, but that was 40 years ago. You think we would have made a bit of progress? We haven't. Now, naturopathic doctors are trained in that way. But what I've heard from my colleagues is that they're moving more toward a Western model of traditional medicine, and they're getting away from their roots in natural medicine. That's what naturopathy is. And But we have very few nat- uh, naturopathic schools here in the U.S. I don't know what's going on um, in the U.K. or Canada. I don't think things are good in Canada. Um, but, but many physicians, Western physician MDs, don't know what NDs, naturopathic doctors, are. And naturopathic doctors in many states cannot write prescriptions. They need the guidance of an MD. Um, and they um, they don't take insurance. They're not in the insurance model. So as we shift away to a parallel system, we need to also shift the insurance system. Because in those countries with national health care, it's covering the other system. So we've got to disentwine the payment as we develop the well care system. And so in the meantime, while we're doing that, it's going to take a while. I'm trying to teach parents how to use simple natural medicine like homeopathics. Homeopathy works. How do you know? Because the FDA just banned yet again another homeopathic product. Whoever the FDA is targeting, 
take a look at it because chances are it's what exactly what you need. Yeah, it's it's true here in the UK that there's uh, increasing regulation to uh, push back against those who want to advocate for you know what we call whole foods, uh, advocating for uh, organic foods, if you like. And uh, again, you know, we're told repeatedly that uh, that's kind of fringe. That that's not truly what we should be doing. And again, it's uh, you're attacked from every corner, aren't you? Effectively, by legislators and uh, those in power who want to promote. Uh, the big pharma, you know, uh, the financial scheme is, is is very, very powerful, isn't it? Very compelling. For those parents who are speaking on behalf of better nutrition and not bringing cupcakes to every soccer game, you know, and, and bringing, you know, whole foods, um, you're, you're marginalized and made to look as the, oh, those parents versus the right parents. And it's it's interesting what's happened as if you know those colored cupcakes with you know neurotoxic food dyes are what kids really want they quickly become addicted to those foods by the way there there are different substances in those foods that cause addictions so let's be clear that that stuff you got to keep kids off that but there has to be work amongst parents they have to band together with their children's groups and work together with emails and conversations on how they're going to move the needle and i can give we can get into it if you want i've just re-realized that the government is not behind this move for better nutrition for kids i can go into it if you want and so it's going to be up to parents it's grassroots activism on behalf of parents, on behalf of children. And I hope they won't act just on their own children's behalf, but that's good. But for their communities, their, their preschools, their schools, what they do matters. And they can work at the local level because the government has, has not yet taken over all the small communities, local governments, and school boards. Parents have tremendous influence here in the U.S., um in those arenas so that's somewhere we can be very effective i think that the big wake up for me uh, is the realization the strong connection between uh the big uh, processed food industry and uh, big pharma you know the medicine medical professions it, it, it very much they work in hand in hand don't they they kind of support each other behind the scenes and it, it's kind of a very clever business model isn't it because each in effect uh, gives business to the other well, I can share with you what's rattled my my recent cage. You know, I get my cage rattled quite a bit these days, you know, but I'm trying to focus on what I can do versus, you know, just kind of, you know, venting. Um, I usually can vent with a cup of coffee by 7.30 in the morning. Um, well, we went to Washington, D.C. Um, in October, a group of us, and we went to talk to our Senate at a congressional briefing. We spoke to our FDA. We spoke to um, the USDA um, about children's school lunches in America. And, you know, we serve 30 million meals a day to U.S. children. Many of them are underserved. Many kids get their only meals at schools. And <clears throat> what we found out is my colleagues um, did a study, Moms Across America, and they found that 100% of the school lunches they studied had heavy metals, 95% had glyphosate, Roundup. Um, there were 29 other pesticides and a significant number had veterinarian drugs like chicken hormones in them. They were abysmally low in nutrients. Some B vitamins, which you need for brain function, were essentially absent, like niacin, vitamin B3, B9, folate, B12, and all those vitamins are needed for brain function. So we went to DC like eager little beavers, and we think we're going to get them all excited about changing school lunch and getting organic regenerative food and school lunch. And we found that we hit the wall, Hell that there care. was no interest. 
And we thought, what the hey? They're going to wake up. According to our own EPA, heavy metals is a substance which you can report. And they're by law, our own law here in the U.S. from 19, uh, 2016, they're supposed to act on that. The fact that there have been heavy metals found in school lunch, nothing, crickets. So we're having to take things into our own hands and going to school boards. We were told that's a school board, board issue. The school board told us it's the USDA. The US, It was like that. We were just in the revolving door of, of just push us away and get us quiet. Well, I think if you piss off enough moms, you're going to have anything but quiet. So what I'm trying to do is activate every mom, you know, here in the U.S., globally, if I can, I want to piss them all off. That's my my own personal agenda before I become compost. And um, what? why on behalf of their kids? Because as you gentlemen may know, and I don't want to get into gender specific issues here, but the mama bear is a force of nature. And that is where I'm going. And we are we have hurt our children and we have stats to prove it. There is no shortage of science backing this up. I can give you data until the cows come home. And so this is what I'm working on. I'm for my organization is launching a study on infant formula and heavy metals. Um, and that has to do with the fact that the main ingredient in infant formula, which many many infants are fed for various reasons, um, contain high fructose corn syrup. And we recently had someone on our podcast who we shared her work. She's a whistleblower for the USDA, Dr. Renee Joy Defoe, who shared with us how she found that there was mercury in infant formula um, in a high fructose corn syrup. And that is the number one ingredient in many formulas. So, of course, I suspect there's heavy metals that we are feeding infants. So we're about to launch a, a research project just on that very fact. I'm sharing it transparently because no one else is doing it. It's like, why haven't we shown what's what we're feeding our babies? Our, our, yeah. our most treasured ask. It's very important that we're very transparent and uh, we're, we're dishing, we're dealing with truth. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Michelle Perrault on TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home, that's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. 
when I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back. We're very happy to have with us Dr. Michelle Perrault. During the break, uh, we were talking about uh, heavy metals, the issue. I mean, I, I've been, you know, quite religiously, I've every day been taking uh, cilantro, cilantro, we call it coriander over here in the UK, and uh, I, I learned it was very good for, for heavy metal detoxing. And, and Joe, you, you made a point. You, you, you're a professional scientist. You're quite alarmed about the risks of heavy metals, aren't you? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, as Michelle was pointing out, you know, these strange metals are showing up, cadmium and, and these other strange metals. And, you know, the question is, what is the source? Where is it coming from? And it seems to be coming from this, uh, whatever this program is, it seems to be related to climate change stuff. Uh, you know, it's called aerosol. Uh, stratosphere conjection uh, they're using it to uh, begin this program of of reducing basically the solar rays that are reaching the earth uh, they want to extend that program eventually to actually building a physical umbrella that will sit out in space and block uh, the sunlight from reaching the earth which they think is a great idea to stop climate change meanwhile that's going to cause the most massive amount of climate change that you could possibly imagine uh, blocking the sun from reaching the surface they think they need to do that to stop the planet from warming uh totally insane anyway so the uh the stratospheric uh, aerosol injection yeah they're spraying these strange metals uh into the stratosphere which you know everyone is fam almost everyone is familiar with this now everyone has seen it this is this has gone mainstream it's not a conspiracy theory you can watch these programs you can watch it almost everywhere in the west 
certainly, especially NATO countries, people have pointed out, seems to be really prevalent. And you can watch these planes fly over and they spray something. And there's a, you, you can even see uh, what they're spraying split off from their traditional contrail. Now, normally you'll see a contrail, which disappears, dissipates after, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. So you'll see a plane flying with a contrail and, and what is leaving the plane will split off into the contrail section, which dissipates, but then there'll be another uh, part of that, the cloud, whatever's following the plane, that starts settling out. And you'll see it. You can watch it start settling out and dropping out, and it does not dissipate, and it eventually spreads out over the sky and creates a, a milky, uh, dimmed sky. And you can, uh, I mean, I don't know anyone who who isn't, you know, the only people actually who aren't, um, on board with us, who, who, won't, who won't admit that, that this program is happening is, for some reason, the scientists. You know, I come from science. I come from the mainstream university system. And, you know, we're supposed to be observers. We're supposed to be empiricists. We're supposed to accept what our senses tell us. You can see this program happening. You know, I would go outside at lunchtime and I would take pictures of it. And I would put the pictures on my office door and be like, look, here it is. Uh, but they just refuse to acknowledge it for some reason. And, of course, you know, these scientists are the ones who support also, you know, the climate change fraud and, and the wish to do this solar radiation management blocking of the sun. Anyway, very strange. So, yeah, there does seem to be a, a source in the chemtrails, doesn't there, Michelle? No doubt, because um, when you test people, um, it, get kids, adults, they're extremely high in heavy metals. And so where are these heavy metals coming from? You know, it, it, there's only a limited sources of where being exposed. It's from the air, their water, or their food. The, those are the sources. So you can test the food, you can test your water, um, and how do you test your air? Not Perhaps not so easy to do. And then you can test yourself. And so people are showing up with extraordinary amounts of heavy metals and unusual heavy metals, metals that are not found necessarily in soils. There, there are metals in soils, but these aren't the metals we're seeing from soil. Like, for example, cadmium, you mentioned, extremely toxic, cardiotoxic, uh, uh, genotoxic, um, aluminum, barium, barium the, the kind we use at a barium swallow for getting a you know an, an x-ray study like a, a you know an upper gi or something like that um aluminum aluminum well aluminum is pretty ubiquitous and you, you, aluminum is in the soil but it's also injected it's in antiperspirants and baking soda um so and then vaccines and vaccines have aluminum that's the adjuvant to, to stimulate your immune system so we're eating it breathing it injecting it it's a neurotoxin so in medicine, we test for very few metals, only the toxic ones. We test for basically lead, lead poisoning. You know, we we establish that one, mercury on occasion, but most physicians don't know how to test long-term chronic exposures and they don't know how to treat them. We know some couple of basic principles about chelation, but we don't know much more than that, like what you were referring to, John, regarding cilantro or coriander um, as a mild uh, metal detoxer. I'm thinking now at this point in time, everyone needs to be doing some regular heavy metal detox because this has become so prevalent. Michelle, something that everyone is, almost everyone is familiar, especially in the West is familiar with is coffee, right? Every, almost everyone drinks coffee. There are some religious uh, sects. Well, the only one I can think of that I know of is uh, uh, Mormonism, uh, which is, you know, basically in the United States, maybe it's spread or wider on the world. Anyway, they're mainly based in the U.S. Uh, so they uh, prohibit 
uh, coffee consumption for some reason. I'm not sure why, what exactly the philosophy is behind that, but they do prohibit it. What is your opinion on coffee? Is it healthy for us? Is it, can it be damaging? You know, one thing uh, most people are familiar with when you have coffee is it's, uh, you know, a diuretic. It makes you need to have, makes you have to go to the washroom. And so you're, you're you know, you're having a, let's call it a number one, number two, you're having to go eliminate when perhaps you wouldn't have eliminated so early. And so perhaps are you getting rid of food that's sitting in your colon that maybe should have had a bit more time uh, being digested and processed and the nutrients extracted and you're getting rid of that too early? I, I don't know. Is, is that a thing? Uh, what's your opinion on coffee? What can you tell us all about coffee since, you know, we all love coffee so much? Yeah. Who doesn't love a cup of coffee? Well, my husband, he's not a coffee drinker. Um, I can tell you a lot about coffee because I am an avid consumer of coffee. Um, I grew up with a coffee cup in my hand, literally five years old, having a little coffee. Um, so coffee um, is is a great drug. Food is, food is just information for your body. They all have chemicals that re-regulate your chemistry So and, and your biology. So coffee is one of those substances. It, it, it has caffeine and caffeine's a mild stimulant. Um, and coffee is an excellent substance for health, but here's a few caveats. It needs to be organic because it's a heavily sprayed crop. So you've got to drink organic coffee. Um, and as long as it's, you know, shade grown, farmer friendly, all those wonderful things we do, we try to buy coffee and not exploit coffee workers. It has a higher number of antioxidants and we all should be on antioxidants to offset the rusting that's happening internally from all the oxidative stresses that we're exposed to. Um, additionally, um, some of us can break down caffeine easily and some of us can't. So coffee consumption should be where you still feel okay. For those who then start to feel jittery or have those increased symptoms, increased heart rate, sweating, a little jittery, can't sleep, you've exceeded your ability to break it down. Then you've just got to cut back. Most adults- uh, in I get that really quickly, really easily actually, from just a little bit, I get that response. Maybe one of those people who can't break down caffeine easily. Some of us, I, I'm sure I am loaded with enzymes to break down coffee, um, but you maybe just need a small amount of coffee. I don't like decafs because decaffeinated coffee requires an extraction process to get the caffeine out. And then we've added more chemicals in, in the extraction process. I'm like, just have a small amount of coffee or then a, a coffee uh, analog. You know, there are other things you could drink like your, you know, like mate and other things that have caffeine if you just want a little bit. Um, so the antioxidants, the stimulation, and apparently there's some really great research that shows that coffee drinkers have um, decreased rate of some certain neurologic diseases. It can offset and people perform better when they've had coffee because it's a stimulant. Now, the diet. Get... Yeah, yeah, yes. that's what I wanted to go to. Yeah, perfect. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, why do you get that? What side of it? Mild diuretic, meaning there are some substances that like alcohol is also a mild diuretic where you definitely have to urinate more. You know, I love pee and poo as a pediatrician. Those are my favorite topics. Um, so it helps you diurese a little bit and you have to drink some more water when you are a coffee drinker, increase your fluids. But most of us need more free water. Most, most humans don't drink enough water. I couldn't say enough about that. Clean water, drink enough clean water. And so you just need to uptake your water. If you're a coffee drinker, make sure you're hydrating well enough, offset it. And, um, and it, it'll help you urinate for some people. It, it all stimulates bowel function. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So as long as it, with most things, it's done in moderation and keeping an eye on your body. When your body tells you, cut the coffee, you've had enough. <clears throat> Listen to your body. 
Michelle, I, I've been told for quite a few years now that um, to, to test whether you're dehydrated or not, just keep a check of the colour of your urine. Um, some people recently have said that that's not really a, a valid science. It, it, what's your view on that? Absolutely, because when you're hydrated, your urine will be pale yellow. I'm assuming you've got normal kidney function. Let me just have to assume you have a normal kidney function. And so as you become, if, as you dehydrate, you will hold on to water and your urine becomes more and more concentrated, that darker and darker yellow. And then if you're really dehydrated, your urine production will go way down. That's one of the things we ask folks all the time. Are you urinating? And when like, for example, children stop urinating, that's a real sign of worrisome scant urine production of you know significant dehydration we're talking five to ten percent not good so yes you can also so there are things we i mean this is common sense medicine you could teach people at home if you're producing a really dark urine and scant in the morning the night before let's say when you wake up you are definitely not hydrating enough now here's something a lot of people don't know i'm going to give you the tidbit for the day you need adequate hydration the night before you go to sleep um, so that you produce stomach acid. You need a lot of fluid to produce enough stomach acid for the next day's stomach activity. So for people who are dehydrated, they may not produce enough acid. And then you wind up with digestive issues. So before you go to bed, you wanna make sure you're adequately hydrated. Uh, so that's another reason. And in the morning, you could have a look, have a look at your pee. Some people never look in the potty to see what's going on down there. I ask people all the time, tell me about your poo. And they're like, really? Like, <laughs> yes, take a look. Um, see, what, see what's coming out the other side. Um, you know, these are what comes out is extremely valuable as scientists, as curious observers, as people know your waste products. Yeah. Well, there's a whole science to that, isn't, isn't there? Your stu your stool quality, and that's actually been known for a very long time. Doesn't the the Queen John and, and your King have? A, I mean, at least in the oh, yeah. old times. Well, there's a joke about it anyway. The groom of the stool, yeah. isn't that a thing? Somebody who. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah, there's, yeah, a, I mean... there's a Bristol stool chart. You need to know your poop quality. I I mean, I give you know in this book that I mentioned, I'm writing. I have stool charts, stool quality. Take a look in the in the in the, in the nappy. See what's in there. I, I, the first thing I ask parents is tell me about the poop. Show me. I want to see. Every parent has an iPhone. I want I want photo documentation. Yes, there's a lot of information on what we're putting out. Whether yeah, yeah. Both, both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those subjects people are a little bit uh, squeamish about talking about, you know, and uh, it's something that I, I know that, uh, as you said, uh, we had a TV show I mean, many years ago in the UK where we had the 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 help the doctor who came on the TV and especially was looking at the poo samples. And um, I know that there's things you can have a, a poo transplant is somebody else's poo can be put inside you. I mean, this is kind of mind blowing uh, changes in, in, in views of how to do the science now, isn't it? We're having to rethink these things, aren't we? Indeed. And John, there's so much more beneficial about poo because poop only reflects what comes out, not necessarily what's inside of you. And so we know the microbiome and the poop gives a lot of information. We in, in mainstream medicine don't necessarily test the poo routinely like integrative practitioners. We actually look to see what's in it. Um, dare I mention a, a COVID vaccine issue or is that verboten? Are we not going there today? Yeah, we you, love you that. Cover anything uh, you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have to give a shout out to a colleague of mine, Sabine Hazan. She's an MD down in LA. 
in uh, California, and she did a poop study. Um, she looks at the microbiome. That's one of her areas of specialty. And she looked at people on the microbiome who had the vaccine. And what she found that in only four people, that's a small number, that it wiped out one of the key species for health, bifidobacteria, for those individuals who took the vaccine versus those who did not. So, um, you know, what we do, what we eat, what we drink affects our microbiome. And it's our microbiome, the bugs in our, in our gut that drive our health. So that is something that's really important is uh, love your bugs. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll be right back. This is TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. I hope you had a great one. And if you tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern here on TNT, you know that I bring a lot of things back to Seinfeld. Well, we're going to do that right now. But first, Frank Costanza has to tell you what Festivus is. And at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. <laughs> Frank, this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back! I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. A Festivus for the rest of us! <laughs> there you have it. Now we go to Florida. This display is at Orlando International Airport. Please join us for a Festivus for the rest of us, complete with a grievance box and a pole, which comes with a warning not to use it as a dance pole. And look at this, 13 years ago inside the Florida Capitol building, a Festivus pole made of Pabst Blue Ribbon beer cans. Like I said, everything comes down to Seinfeld. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg, right here on TNT. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at this stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back to Sky Dragon Slaying. Uh, we're very, very happy to have with us Dr. Michelle Perrault. And um, uh, it's that time of the year where people think about New Year's resolutions. They think about overindulging over the Christmas period. They think about how they can improve their lifestyle. And uh, talking with Michelle about our health, our gut health, and uh, how effectively good diet is preventative me uh, medicine. Um, Michelle, your your organization, GMO Science, is, is very helpful on, on that because you, you, you've got a very helpful um, body of work, you know, a lot of research there, a lot of tips on how to do things. For example, parent advice, you know, advice for nutrition and organics, you know, childhood illnesses and so forth. And uh, 
talking about building the immune system, um, bearing in mind that this is the one time of the year where people might be motivated to make changes, you know, what would you say to, to parents and uh, to everybody about what they can do for a New Year's resolution? Yeah. Hey, I'm for the New Year's resolution. Make a change. It's a time. Let's start on a fresh foot. Um, forget that the whole diet and exercise thing, which is what we need to do is diet and exercise. But that has been so abused. I don't even say it. What I say is, is it possible for you to diminish? I didn't even say cut out processed foods, ultra processed foods and and, and transition to whole foods based diet, which means so, I'm not talking takeout. I said, no, not take out. We've got to get in the kitchen. And so and so this gets a bit sticky in families because it's often, let's say, mom delegates the kitchen. I didn't say mom. I said the family, moms, dads, two moms, three dads, whatever the family constellation, and get the kids in the kitchen. Kids love to chop. Boys love knives. Get them in the kitchen, helping out from an early age. And where this is what I'm telling people, get off the processed foods. Those are a demise. And so, for example, here in the U.S., we're so brilliant. Lunchables, which is a craft product, is coming to our school lunches for the to tune of $1.4, $1.8 billion. And what Lunchables, when you look at the processed food list, there are 51 ingredients. And I can tell you those are not health ingredients. So we need to get off that onto a whole foods, and that means someone has to cook. When parents say, I don't know how to cook, I say, ah, you have a phone, you have YouTube. If you just put in YouTube, how do I make soup, vegetable soup, it will tell you. There'll be 20 ways to make vegetable soup and you can watch a 10 minute video. So saying you don't know how to do it anymore, every parent knows how to get on Instagram, okay? If you're if you're 30 years old, you know how to get on Instagram, so they can do it. I tell people, and if you don't know how to do it, gosh, I'll, I'll teach you. So this is how you do it. My own daughter told me when I was learning how to ferment years ago, and I didn't know how to ferment foods. Missed that chapter. And my daughter said, mom, go on YouTube. And I was like, okay. I went on YouTube and gosh, I learned. So I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Um, but that's it's a while ago. So this is my number one resolution. And when you make the change for your own health, if you live in a family setting, everybody else follows suit. Also, what people don't know, as you change, your microbiome changes. And within a family, you share, share microbiome, your bugs. So they're all chatting up with each other. And, and not only that, and we can get into this hooky-stooky stuff, is your energetic field shifts. And as you feel better, your energy or yourself feels better, and you share that energetic shift with all your fam family members, even the family dog. So there is only positive, positive from this shift to whole foods and please make it organic regen when you can uh this is the goal we don't shoot for perfection it's a journey so i say don't beat yourself up and if you have a bad day that's okay you're going to be eating again the next day not to worry so you can get back on the horse yeah i like what you say about making small steps you know adjusting gradually to a, to a better way of living and one of the problems I've had a lot of people have is the idea of not having enough time, time being at a premium. I haven't got time to cook. Fast food is so convenient. It's a time saver. Um, what I've done, what I've tried to do, and I know my family members have also tried to do is uh, if you living alone, for example, I spend a lot of time on my own. Is I, I batch cook and then I freeze. Uh, what do you think of that? Do you think that's a good way, a good compromise? 
Absolutely. Freezing uh, retains nutrients. So for example, if you can't get something fresh because where you live, time of year, access to farmers, frozen is an best thing and frozen trumps canned in terms of nutrient uh, density, because as soon as the uh, produce comes off, they freeze it right away. So having fresh um, uh, vegetables, they're frozen, you can use those frozen foods, or you're making your own foods and you're freezing them, absolutely. If you make, um, if you if you do eat meat and you make some, some kind of bone broth, you can even freeze in little ice cube trays, remember those old fashioned ice cube trays mm-hmm. and pop them in to your food as you cook. So bone broth is one of my go-tos for our families. I love bone broth. I think it's one of the healthiest things you, you can eat. Um, and if you're vegetarian, making veggie stock, all those leftover veggies, you can put them all in a bag in the freezer and then put them in your soup stock. So you don't have to waste any vegetables, leftover the skins of onions and carrot tops and all those things. Freeze them all, throw them in your soup stock. Yes, yes to frozen. And, and so if you live alone, you do have to cook in a different way. You still need to do a whole foods cooking method. It just has to be shifted for one and that's fine. Yeah, I think you're, you're right, right, John, that people people are really pressed for time. So in the UK, you have this uh, very popular um, uh, chef named Jamie Oliver. He actually did a really great series on, uh, you know, quick and and cheap, affordable homemade meals that people can make, you know, in I think it was like half an hour or less or something like that. And I watched many of those episodes just because they were, you know, a fun cooking show. And he does a good job. He's really all about the, you know, the whole foods and the fresh foods and, and cooking at home and don't having that processed stuff, uh, you know, as as Michelle recommends. Yeah, one of the things I, I've done, Michelle, apart from the batch cooking, whipping food out of the freezer is like now and again, I'll, I'll do a stir, quick stir fry. And again, as you say, Jamie Oliver, a great advocate of stir fry, chopping up finely the ingredients. And again, if you if you do it in a wok, you, you can cook a, a fast cook meal in five minutes. It's, it's very feasible, as you say. I think the process is the preparation. The, the key is the preparation, isn't it? You just have to have quality sharp knives you just you've got to be organized and uh just take that extra few minutes because again even a microwave meal takes several minutes so you you're not really looking you're not looking at an, uh, expending much more time on getting that meal cooked and uh I, I i know for a fact i during the pandemic i i switched from i cut back on so much junk cakes and sweets and things like that it's a big thing over here it's same probably there <clears throat> much of our diet is sugar loaded and I, I noticed I, I started to, one of the things I started to do was prepare my own snacks, you know, post gym or pre gym workout food. And I'd have uh, brown flakes, you know, high fiber, uh, pretty much cornflakes and uh, mix them with uh, coconut oil and protein powder and uh, put it in, in the fridge. And, uh, you know, it's a little, quick little snack and it tastes so much better than the, than the junk you buy in a supermarket. And again, little, little things, small changes like that um and uh, again i think it does work so again i would recommend people try that because you you will notice the difference in flavor well you know there are tips you need to learn how to do this because we're not born knowing this information and if you didn't learn it from your folks i mean i had 50s parents and they were just right to the can you know that was the generation so i have families or individuals you prep on sunday or whatever day of the week you're not working and so i have them buy glass containers because we don't want to store in plastic because it leaches chemicals especially from acidic foods you get glass containers you don't have glass containers you can use your leftover jars so save your jars and here in the U.S., you can find jars in thrift stores, very affordable. You do all your chopping on one day. So when I'm in my chop day, when I'm prepping all my veggies for the week, because I also work, 
I chop them all and I store them all in the fridge and they're all ready to go. My peppers, my onions, my garlic, all chopped already. That's the way I do to save some time. And while I'm doing that, I have fun with it. I've got um, uh, my podcast on. I'm listening to my favorite TNT radio live. I am listening and working, chopping, having a good time with it. Occasionally a little red wine, my my other favorite drink other than coffee, organic, Cabernet, if you don't mind. And it, it becomes a fun experience. It's not, it's a chore, but it's a fun chore. And then I try new recipes and they're all under half hour. I do it all. And Crock-Pot is my friend. And you're so right about including the children in with that. You know, I know some some parents who are like, no, I don't want my child anywhere near the kitchen you know and and you know i have known girls who are like no my mom never allowed me to be in the kitchen i never learned how to cook i'm just what a travesty uh kids really belong in the kitchen and yeah sure they're gonna make a mess some people get so upset about let the kid make a mess what's gonna happen you spill a little bit of flour and a few onion you know pieces get dropped on the floor big deal right just have fun with it kids love to what what is your child gonna do they're gonna be watching tv or on the phone or something instead don't let that happen come on participate in life participate with your children and let them get in there and teach teach your five-year-old how to use a knife they can they can do it right you don't have to be afraid of it well you bring up another good point joseph is getting kids off devices because the other thing that makes me crazy as a pediatrician is device time and how much time kids are on ipads and iphones and now they're on their i whatever all day at school and then they're watching videos and oftentimes it's unsupervised and so when I was writing up this Bill of Rights for Kids, I added in getting kids off exposure to media influences. I And I think, you know, that's a sidebar, but getting them off there into doing and seeing where their food comes from and how to prep food is a key part of the responsibility of parents on educating their children. One of the things you make me think of there, Michelle, is, is not just the indoctrination of the media and, and, and you know, a, getting them off the devices for better health but the, the the hidden the hidden problem is the emr electromagnetic radiation we've got so much uh wi-fi now and we're bombarded with the electro smog the term electro smog is you know coming to the fore now and, and again I, the idea of grounding we talked about it on other shows the idea of grounding being out in nature getting your feet in the grass um, because we wear these rubber soled shoes, don't we? We're not really connecting with the earth anymore, are we? That's kind of the the new hidden kind of paradox. You know, all this technology we've got, it, it's it's making us less and less healthy. We're too far remote from nature now, aren't we? You know, I couldn't have said it better that we have to reconnect, reground. If you say like what would put on my resolutions list is get kids dirty, get them outside. If you're near a beach, get them walking barefoot. If you're not, that's okay. Get them around the trees in a park. If you're in a city, when they can take their shoes off, you're right, get them off. All the kids have rubber sole shoes, right? They're all wearing sneakers or flip-flops in the summer made of rubber. Get their shoes off and let them reground. I could not agree more. What we know is that we're all energetic and we need to restore this energetic balance. And so many of these factors, including electromagnetic frequencies, Wi-Fi, what you're referring to, our children are bombarded with it. We're bombarded with it. And you have to kind of reset your electrical tone. I find that one of the issues now affecting our health is lower energetic frequencies. Mm -hmm. And people are just, just diminished. And you want to resurrect their energetic fields. And that's one of the ways you do it is by grounding, is being in nature. So imagine just by those two simple change, you can prepare whole foods, get out in nature. And I think we can all commit to doing that. 
Yeah, one of the things that amused me the other week, uh, uh, great words, Michelle, great advice, and I, I'm with you 100% on that. One of the things that amused me the other week, I was talk, talking to an older sprightly gentleman at the gym. It, it must have been well in his 80s, and he was lifting weights and full of energy and uh, was wearing these strange-looking uh, um, sandals. And I, I said, that uh, he's the only guy in the gym wearing sandals, not wearing rubber shoes. And I, and I said to him, why do you wear sandals? He says, oh, and he knew all about the idea of grounding. And he, and he said, you know what? I will never wear rubber shoes. I only wear leather-soled shoes. And uh, I thought, you're so right, because, again, we all just by habit go into these shoe shops and we buy these rubber sole shoes, forgetting leather. Leather is actually the, a better uh, material to use to, to, to do the grounding, isn't it? You know, it's I, I know a singer and she's severely hear, hearing impaired and she sings barefoot and she can sing beautifully. And I asked her about it. I said, how can you sing without hearing the tones? And she feels the vibrations through her feet and she allows the energy to come up through her feet. And she sings professionally barefoot. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so this idea of leather shoes wow in the gym that's that's courageous because you don't yeah, want those yeah, yeah. dropping on your toes i call <laughs> it jump security for me but anyway um yes and and all the shoes marketed to kids now there's no more leather they're all rubber now i understand the animal rights aspect of it i i get it in that case just take the shoes off let kids go barefoot when it's safe yeah i agree with you on that um uh, coming to the last two minutes of the show, Michelle, and uh, we want to be positive. 2024, what 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 will that be bringing for you? I love positivity. I like to think of ourselves, you know, at, at our organization as solutionaries. That's my new favorite word. Is I'm a solutionary. And based on positive um, outcomes, I think for 2024, focusing on food is medicine, for sure. Food is nutrition. Um, let you know your kitchen be your medicine chest. Um, doing it bilingually, la cocina es tu medicina. The kitchen is your medicine. Um, doing this concept where re-empowering people to take back their health. You're not dependent on any systems. Medical autonomy is your right. Um, that there is not sure any imposition of injectables, takeables, your food choices. This is all your right and your freedom and having parents feel empowered that they can do this, removing this hierarchical medical system with this, uh, you know, this system where you're told what to do by the doctor, that's got to go. Um, you know, as much as I know, and probably even more you know, regarding how we get back to health, having that open conversation, open scientific discourse. This is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in both formal and informal education. Education doesn't happen only in a university, one verse. It happens informally, hands-on education. And learning, like what we're doing at South Seas University, little, these little credit courses where people can learn from those experience in different areas and take little segments of education. That education doesn't have to be a four-year stint. It's a lifelong event in small segments so you can manage your life. And this is what I'm looking for, lifelong learners, beginning with our food. As we regenerate our own health, we regenerate the soil, we regenerate the environment. And that would be one of the first biggest steps I could and hope that people can start to embrace, really embrace and honestly embrace, knowing that, again, it's not perfection. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned South Sea University. Again, they're, they're up and coming. I believe they're on the Cook Islands and uh, they're, they're a bona fide university. Um, you're working, I'm doing your Zoom on March, uh, coming up in March. Do you want to just mention that very briefly? 
I will. We, what we did is um, put together a little mini course. It's a five-week course once a week um, for students. And the, the idea is teaching them about integrative health. So I have a little curriculum that I've created to, to kind of share what I do. Um, I get into homeopathy and how you use it um, and how it's been, you know, um, God, demonized. It's not. Homeopathy is wonderful. But it's not the only thing we're talking about. We're talking about this global regeneration of health we're right at the end now michelle thank you so much for being on sky dragon slaying this is tnt radio